What's up, Lady Ballers? Welcome back. We're Soccer Props. And it's game time. What up, Lady Ballers? What up, what up? There's always a pause. I feel like I bring the energy and then you guys need to bring it too. What's up? What's up? Because guys, we have to bring the energy because today we have on a fellow stag, Matt Turner. How cool is that? A guy that we went to college with. Probably, we're probably the reason why this happened for him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, Matt played at Fairfield. He was the goalie for the men's team. And now he's on the men's national team. And he started last week his first cap. So cool. Um, yeah, he's doing big things. He's putting Fairfield on the map. Like, it's so cool to see his journey. Yep. He also plays in the MLS for the New England Revolution, um, which is so cool. Um, so I can't wait to just hear all about, like, what it's like to play – in the men's league, on the national team, and if he has any good stories along the way. I want to know how much, uh, like, heads-up notice he had that he was going, because I didn't even know until I literally turned the game on, and I was like, why does he look familiar? And then I was like, holy crap, that's yeah, And he crushed it, and he yeah. crushed it. So Did cool. you guys see that PK that he yes. says? I mean, really, we'll talk about it on the call with him, but get excited, guys. He's a, he's a good friend, and you'll love this. Enjoy. Lady Ballers, before we introduce this week's guest, we need to tell you about Curex Clepro insoles. The three of us have been wearing them the past six months in our cleats, and we can't even begin to tell you what a difference is made for each of our very different feet. I have plantar fasciitis, and cleats typically kill my feet, but Curex insoles have helped reduce plantar pressure for me. And I get all in my head if I feel like I'm not well-grounded in my shoes, and I'm always slipping on the inside of my cleats, but the Curex insoles have helped keep my feet in place during games, and it is such a game-changer for me. And I always feel like my feet are achy after playing, but since using Curex, my feet are still feeling good even after two hours of training. Check them out for yourself at Curex.us. That's C-U-R-R-E-X dot U-S. Or use the link in our bio. We promise you, your feet will thank you. What up? Hey! What's up, guys? How are you? Gals? Good. How are you guys? We're good. It's been so long since we last saw you. I know. I think at the Breakers game, like, three years ago or something or maybe it was yeah do you guys remember that we were at the breakers game when the break oh my gosh yeah it was longer than three years ago for sure <laughs> that was my first year in the, that was five years ago that's crazy. holy crap like four and a half almost five years ago yeah oh my gosh we're old wow we're i know old. so well, you've had a crazy past few weeks like this is nuts we are yeah, dying this- to what was the process like? How long did you know that you were going to be called up for U.S. national team game? Did you have heads up? Have you been training with them? Must be a whirlwind. Yeah, it was quite the whirlwind. Um, so I've been in the pool since like the end of 2019, I'll call it. Um, that's when I uh, first got called in. Uh, I actually got called in on Halloween of 2019. So, so since then, I've been sort of in the pool. Um, and every camp that I've been available to be selected for, I've been called in for. So, um, but I haven't played any games. So, uh, or now I've, I've played the one. Um, but yeah, so the, the last few weeks have been pretty wild. Uh, obviously, starting 2021 off strong. And uh, yeah, it's freaking emotional. Just super, just emotional. Just uh, still like coming down off of that, uh, like all those emotions. So it's pretty like exhausting by the end of it all. When did you know you were going to play in that game? 
I had a feeling, you know, just the way trainings were going, I kind of had that, you know, how, yeah. how soccer, but you know, you kind of get those feelings. And then, uh, the day before, um, my coach told me that I was going to be playing. So, um, but I had already like told some of my friends that I was pretty sure that I was going to play. So actually Joe, Joe and Jordan came down and, um, That's awesome. just like, yeah. So it was, it was nice. Uh, it, unfortunately, you know, with COVID and everything, my parents couldn't be there. They usually don't miss anything. So, um, but it is what it is. So the day before was really the day where I, I had to let it all start settling in. Oh, that's so cool. And so did they allow any fans at all? Yeah, there was 4,000 people okay. there. Um, when so we played, cool yeah, oh, well, when fans. we played, when we played in the playoffs in Orlando, they, they said there was 10,000 people there, but I swear there was more than 10,000 yeah. people there. There's not, yeah, there was a lot of people there. Um, so yeah, being in front of fans is like, miss it so much, you know, it's starting, like the games are starting to feel emptier, you know, so to be out there in front of like, a, I'll call it a home crowd because they're rooting for you, you know, um, that felt really nice because uh, obviously here at Gillette, um, we haven't had fans in over a year now. So it's, it's been tough being away from them. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine because there's something about hearing them cheer for you. Like you were saying, like, it's probably so powerful. I forget who we were speaking to. Um, it was a, pro- a professional player on the U.S. women's national team. And she was saying that when the roar of the crowd like your feet are literally shaking underneath you like there's just something so powerful about that and like everything is just surreal for you because you've been working so hard to get to this one point you know absolutely absolutely it's just like it's like an adrenaline rush you know it's like nothing else makes you feel that that way so Mm -hmm. I can imagine I'm starting to feel it more I and obviously I have a, a hopefully a long career ahead of me but I can't imagine what it's like you know when when you finally it's time to or if people's careers end abruptly, but when, when the career is over, like, where do you find that, uh, where do you supplement those feelings, you know? So I can imagine (laughs) exactly. It's crazy. It really is. Jump out of a plane. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like terrified of that. So maybe, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Um, I just also wanted to talk about how awesome your PK save was in that game. And I just want to know, did you know where, like, do you ever know where someone's going to kick the ball on a PK? Or is it just like, you just go pick a side and just go for it? Yeah, so funny enough, I think, uh, I think I've saved like seven, maybe seven or eight uh, penalties now as a professional. And like all but one of the penalties that I've saved, I didn't have a scouting report on the player. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I just, I didn't know, I just... For me, I've always been like a really good shot stopper. So it was like, okay, if I can wait as long as possible and allow my mind to sort of pick up context clues, maybe I'll be able to, you know, make the saves. But I feel like when I have scattering reports on guys, my mind is made up too early and maybe I move off my line too early. And at this level, when they, when guys see you move early, they can just go the other way. So exactly. So um, for this particular penalty save, I had no, I didn't have any information on the guy and I just sort of like waited. And then, like you said, from there, when you choose a side, it's, you have to fully commit, um, and cover. So, so I think every, so, and then every other penalty, there's only been one penalty that I've ever conceded where I dove the the correct way. So it's like, 
it's one of those things where uh, if you really commit to a side, hopefully you can you can make the save. Nothing like being thrown into your first national team game and then being put in a PK situation. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I, my first ever my first ever MLS game, I was playing. We were playing at Philly, and we got two red cards. So oh, fun! It was like, yeah, <laughs> always trial by fire. I choose that over anything, you know, like sink or swim, all that stuff. And um, yeah, it definitely helped me to become, you know, feel like. Uh, if it was just a regular save, you would have been like, oh, okay, like you sort of like expect, you know, him to make a, a regular save. But uh, to be able to like do something like that, it's just a really special moment. And uh, yeah, something that's that's going to stay with me forever. Yeah. You crushed it. We're, we're so pumped to know you and we're so happy for you that you're at this point. Thank you. Um, your coaches, do they know you don't like want the scouting report? Like, do you guys discuss that? Like, I'd prefer not. Well, oh, it's hard because... I still look at the scouting reports because, like, it's it's good to know, like, tendencies. But sometimes, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I've only just started realizing that, you know. So maybe I'll approach it a little differently this year. But my coach, goalkeeper coach, particularly in New England, he's really about, like, okay, like, let's find some trends or patterns and let's see. Let's decide beforehand. So it's, like, one less decision to make in the game. So – um, and I trust him with my life. So, uh, if that's what he thinks is, you know, going to set me up for longer term, like success, then I'll, I'll trust that. Yeah. I remember at Fairfield, our coaches made us memorize the scouting reports, right? Shannon and Alana. And like, yeah. if you didn't know a specific thing that, like if Jim or Sean like tested you and you didn't know, like you just like were shunned. Oh my <laughs> God. I remember printing the, like the papers out and like yeah, freaking I I, out. I already have stuff I freaking study for today. I don't need to study. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's what I was going to say. I can't believe that. You got to, you got to study for classes <laughs> and now they're doing that. <laughs> so when frustrating you, when you mention context clues what are those like do you have any tips for other for goalkeepers like on things they should be paying attention to in those moments yeah so it's sometimes I feel like it's really hard for me to vocalize a lot of that because it's something weirdly I've always been really good at mm -hmm. um and I think it's I hate saying like an unteachable thing, but there are certain things where it's just like, it kind of clicks in my mind and I don't really know how to describe it. But on this particular penalty kick, um, I felt like he was trying to deceive me. I felt like the way his run up was, it looked like his body could only go to my left. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it looked like he was, he could only pass it into the bottom corner to my left. And, um, so that was my initial thought. I'm like, okay, he's trying to disguise his run up a little bit. And then when he was running up, he like did a little stutter step to see if I would move. And when he did that, I thought to myself, okay, he's a hundred percent like trying to send me the wrong way. So if you just wait as long as you can, and when he makes his final motion, then you dive as hard as you can to your right, like you'll probably save it. So that's what I thought in the moment. Um, me too. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. so yeah. many thoughts in like those little seconds goalkeepers yeah funny like it's crazy what goes through your mind <laughs> yeah. did i read somewhere that you didn't play soccer until like late in high school yeah so i i started uh playing when i got into high school i i played when i was really little yeah and actually the reason i like kind of got into it was because my older sisters and then uh, i was the youngest and they would always have their travel soccer practices and all that kind of stuff and 
So my mom and dad didn't know what to do with me. So they'd like bring me to their practices. Yeah. And I would like, yeah, I was around a bunch of girls. I wanted to be involved. So I was like, oh, let me like jump in goal. <laughs> so I used to go in goal and let them, let them shoot on me. So that was my first experiences as a goalkeeper. And then I actually joined the club team when I was in like fifth grade. And they wouldn't put me in goal. I wanted to be a goalkeeper. They wouldn't put me in goal. So I quit. So I quit soccer. I started playing football. So I missed a lot of like really formative years of training in terms of technique and that. And so when I got into high school in New Jersey, it's like really common for guys to go to like the all boys school, play sports. So I was going to St. Joe's, it's called to play baseball, really. And I was like, ah, you know what? I used to play soccer. Like, let me join the soccer team because football is like really serious there. And so I, I, when I was 14, I was on the freshman team. I was 15. I just played JV, but all the while still playing basketball and baseball. And then when I was 16 after the World Cup, I made my first year on the varsity team. And then after that, I joined a, a club team and started playing year round. So definitely a different story in terms of, and Fairfield, you know, Javi saw me playing at a random tournament and he just, yeah. he was like, oh, this kid's super raw. Like, Let's bring them in, basically. So I got so lucky, you know, that the eyes were on me at the right time. And obviously being able to go into Fairfield and have Michael O'Keefe there to teach me to learn from him for a year was so important for me and uh, opened my eyes to a lot of like what being a goalkeeper is like all about. I just thought it was like some fun, but, you know, whatever. I was having fun, way to get into college. And he sort of opened my eyes to like the actual responsibility uh, and the mentality that it takes to succeed as a goalkeeper. I was say maybe when they saw you play too, they were noticing just your like raw athleticism and notice how much they could like fine tune you with more technical kind of training and stuff. So that's actually really cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I definitely and and a hobby will still send me a, a keeper from time to time. Some like athletic keeper. He's like, what do you think? What do you do? You think he's oh, got it? Cool. And so it's pretty funny. So I'm still pretty involved in that sense uh, at Fairfield, which is nice um but yeah isn't it crazy like I just to take a chance on a kid like like I like I was you know there's so many academies and so many you know people that were probably better suited for the position at the time but they they took a chance and obviously I'm so grateful for that and um I, yeah actually that's why I try to give back to them as much as I can yeah well we we always love the unconventional story because there's so many players now who are like, you know, I didn't start playing when I was four. So like, I'm not going to be good enough to play in college and I'm not going to be good enough to be a pro. And there's a lot of like lack of self-confidence, but like there are so many women on the national team who didn't play until late in high school either. And like, like you were saying the pure athleticism and being coachable. I mean, you can, if you really set your mind on something, you can, you can do it and achieve it. So we love that your stories, you know, you know, unconventional or like, it's just different. Everyone has a different yeah. route that they take to get to where they want to be. I, I think it's like, I think something that's really important from my perspective is that coach, like being coachable. And so for me, I always knew that I was late to the game. So people know the game better than I do because I was never really around it. So whatever they say, I always actually took the advice on board. I didn't think about what somebody might have told me in the past. I didn't think of what helped me succeed in the past. I just thought about, okay, if they think that this is going to help me, like, fast track my game a little bit, sure, I'll give it a go. If it worked, great. If it didn't work, okay, what, what, what else can I do? Um, and so it was really, like, hard to get the experience. But I think, like, I always call myself a sponge. Like, 
I take a little bit of advice here, a little bit of advice there. And I just sort of take it all in and try to like build this like unique goalkeeper because my style is definitely different than a lot of goalkeepers. Um, But I think that's what's so cool about uh, the position is that you can make it everyone, no two goalkeepers play the game the same way. So I think, uh, I think it's been pretty fun to sort of like have, I had a goalkeeper coach from Spain, one from Canada, one from the U S one from England, one from, you know, and Javi's from Argentina. So I've had like goalkeeper coaches from all over the world, a little bit of different flair here and there. So it's, it's been like pretty cool in that sense, but yeah, that just being coachable and being able to learn, I think is uh, something that being late to the game actually really helped me with. Yeah. That openness to not have any already like preconceived ideas of what you think is the right way to do things is actually, it's probably made you a cool collaboration of all of your coaches, like all built into one, which is really cool. Totally. How do you feel like you grew as a player at Fairfield? Did it prepare you for the next step? in terms of the pros? I, th- I think so, yeah. Um, well, when I first got there, I'll never forget, like, one day at training, being uh, – I was a freshman, and I don't think that the head coach at Reese, I don't think that he was super convinced about me. I'll never forget, like, somebody shot a ball, and, like, it was sort of – like, should have been an easy sort of basket catch, and it kind of, like, slipped through my arms, off my leg, and went in, you know? And I'll never – Reese said, Javi – he didn't look at me. He didn't say anything to me. He said something to Javi, you know, and I felt like super guilty. I was like, man, like this is a reflection of him. You know, it's not, it's not really all about me. Like this guy took a chance on me. And I think that that was a good mentality to sort of instill in myself. Um, Cause Javi always held me to a really high standard. He expected me to do go above and beyond because, you know, he took a chance on me. Um, and so that, and and with coaches in the professional ranks, that's the same thing. Like they got to buy you, trade for you, sell you, like all that stuff. And I think that, you know, you have to, you want to reward them for taking a chance. Like their jobs are on the line every day. So if they're going to put their trust in you, uh, you got to, you know, be there to reward them. So, uh, and obviously I had other failures at Fairfield, you know, we all know, uh, I ended up on like the not top 10 and, and sort of like I failed a lot before I succeeded, you know, and I think that that really helped me to be grateful for everything that would happen like in a positive light in the future. So I, I really think Fairfield um, helped me in that sense and also helped me realize how much I love soccer. You know, I got to meet a lot of people from all over the world with different stories on how they came through the game and I got to pull off of their experiences um, I knew that I enjoyed soccer <laughs> because of Fairfield. I knew that I enjoyed uh, playing soccer more than, um, you know, schoolwork. I know that I enjoyed it more than um, – it meant more to me than the social aspect because Fairfield is a super social school. And uh, so, yeah, all those little things that helped, you know, uh, helped drive me and, and, and make me want to just get better at soccer. Like I used to – be in study hall and like just go into the locker room, take 30 balls out onto the, onto the turf when, if they left, luckily left the lights on and I would just kick balls with my left foot, trying to like kick them into the net, just, just as a study break. So you were always there. Study hall hours? Uh, I know. What'd you say? You lie about your study hall hours? <laughs> you I, well, listen, <laughs> I don't want any, uh, any sanctions coming down on me, but <laughs> possibly. 
There was maybe maybe one or two, but yeah, I was like you said. I was always there. Always, I remember it literally because I was always in the training room hurt. So I was always yeah. walking into that building. <laughs> all you were literally always there. Yeah, and I think this yeah. says a lot about you. Thank you, thank you. I'm glad somebody saw it. <laughs> You're like, where is my coach? You the three of us were always there, just different parts. I know that's true. Yeah, you guys were I wasn't. <laughs> Um, so I do, I do want to ask you about that, the ESPN. Did you struggle with that? Did you think it was funny, I'm just going to move on? Or was that something that was mentally challenging for you, having a failure and having people say things about it? Can you give advice to other like lady ballers and players who maybe had something happen and how do they move past it? Yeah, I think uh, I, I definitely struggled. I'd be lying if I said that I could just laugh it off. I laughed it off on the surface. Like if you guys were to say something, maybe I'd be like, yeah, yeah, like I really messed that up. Um, but internally, I was just in absolute turmoil because I had worked so hard to get the opportunity to play in that game. Like, I thought that I was going to be the starter that year. And then they brought in another goalkeeper on a full ride and started him. And I thought that I was better than him, but that didn't matter, right? So all, all I did was I just worked in training, worked hard, worked hard, worked hard. And I never let him get complacent. And then he wasn't, his, his form was kind of dipping and I finally got the chance to play the game. And then that happened. Um, and then I didn't play the rest of the season. So yeah, I felt like I really was an opportunity like absolutely squandered. But um, looking back on it, it shaped me because I read so many horrible things about myself after that. I don't know why I did it to myself. But, People are the worst. Uh, yeah, they're the worst. Yeah. It's like you, you kind of have to just not do that because you know it's not going to do you any, like, service at all. But but now, like, looking at it from, like, a grander scale where I am now, because of that, I never do it because it's not – it can only hurt you in the long run. Yeah. Even if you're reading a bunch of really great things about yourself, mm-hmm. it's just going to give you negative things false, are going to – Yeah. Yeah, but, like, it also gives you, like, this false sense of confidence, right? Like, everything that you did was better than it actually was. Like, you need to you need to be able to – I think one thing that I try to do, like, after games is, like, I keep my phone away for a little while, and I try to just, like, let everything settle in in my mind the way that it happened on the field yeah. rather than, like, watching the video over. Because then I realized that I would start losing – the actual feeling like I would remember it as the video rather than remember it as what actually happened in my mind. Mm. Um, settle in. And, and what I'll say to, you know, the lady ballers, anybody who's struggling with uh, like a, a failure in their lives, a coach told me, and I took this, like this advice to heart because I think it, it was very true. Everybody messes up everybody messes up in, in, in like every day you see Allison the other day and for Liverpool, he messed up twice and they snowball. But the, what separates good players from great players, because there's a ton of really, there's a ton of good players out there are the ones that realize that a mistake is just a one-off and they can just move on with it and they can just continue forward getting better. Um, you don't have to harp on it for too long because it's in the past. Like, it just doesn't really matter anymore. Yeah. There's nothing that you can – if you're letting the past affect your 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 present, your right now, then uh, you're going to be having – that's when it, it starts slowing you down. So I think that the best thing that you can do is just, you know, smile about it, say that you're going to learn something from it, and uh, and, you know, 
just try to be great, you know, try to forget that mistake and, and just move past it. Yeah. It's so, almost like you have to remember that it is a part of being great and it is a part of being a pro. Like you're, if right. you're not failing your way to the top, then you're not going to be the best. Like that's just, that's right. Life is not a cakewalk. So it's a nice reminder that like you have to, it's a part of the plan. Like you have to fail. So yeah, it definitely is. It definitely is. Especially, you know, like I'm sure you guys, like I never failed anything in school, you know, it was like, Oh, like everything was a, and then it came to sports. It was like this crazy wavy journey that, uh, that is so much fun. Like I'm addicted to it, you know, <laughs> like I'm addicted to failing. And then like, if I, like yesterday we had like a little off season workout thing and, um, we lost, like my team lost in our like little small sided game. And now I'm just, all I want to do is play again. I'm like, I can't wait to get back out there and play again so I can get the feeling of winning back rather than thinking about, oh boy, I'm scared if I'm going to lose again. It's more of like, I can't wait to win. Like my memory is so short now. And I think that people need to realize that that is a, a skill to have that mindset. And that's not like, oh, I'm going to decide to just not care about when I fail and that's the person I'm going to be. You have to literally get better at failing and accepting failure and the way you perceive it. And I think people want like overnight to be able to, you know, score an own goal and just be able to get over it. But that is a skill that it has to happen and happen. You have to get better and better at accepting those yeah. failures and viewing them differently. So it's, it's cool to see like the, the way that you explain that and you were in such turmoil over something that was on such a big stage. But now if that were to happen, you're, you can attack that situation yeah. differently. Yeah. I think that's a good point. It's not something that you just snap your fingers and, and do. I have a really great support system of like my good friends from home who will never, who like will always just tell it like it is my goalkeeper coach who I will tell it like it is like <laughs> people that will, that are around me that will be honest with me and help me to, and laugh about it and help me to heal and move forward, you know? So I think that's another thing, you know, getting people on the same page around you. I, I feel that. like that's so important for goalies because your mistakes, it feels so like, I know on our team, it, they put so much pressure on themselves and we make a mistake. It's okay. No one remembers it, but then everyone, you know, for a goalie, it's all that they're thinking about. And I feel like it's so even more important for them to let it happen in the past learn from it, grow, and just move forward. Because if not, that snowball effect, you know, it takes yeah, yeah. a goal. For sure. Goalkeepers are like the number one people who is like, you can, let's say you have 10 actions in a game and you make nine unbelievable saves, but then the one that goes in just like went under your hands and in. You're going to be like thinking about, oh, not that they made 90%, 90% of their saves, not that they kept their team in the game for so long. They're going to be like, yeah, oh, I should have had that one. And uh, that's can be like, it's, that's what's addicting about goalkeeping, right? It's like this chase for perfection. Um, but also it can be like a serious uh, downfall, especially mentally. It can be challenging. So um, I think I read somewhere once that Tim Howard said like, they asked him on an interview, they said like, hey, are you like sad to be retired? He's like, oh, I couldn't be happier. He's like, games are literally like, I love to train games are the most stressful thing ever yeah. you know whereas like the players it's like a grind all week and the game is where it's fun you can express yourself as a goalkeeper it's like games are like the worst you rather train because you can mess up and it doesn't matter but games is where everything counts so um the stress can really build up but the best thing that you can do is just smile through it all you know in my opinion you know it's um 
it's not as serious and it's never as good and never as bad as you think it is yeah, uh, in your own mind. So true. And too, if you are positive and you, you're just like, oh, I messed up. But if you stay positive the remainder of the game, like you're going to have a better game instead of if yeah. you're dwelling on it, you're going to let in some more goals and it's going to just be like, you know, Shannon was saying like a snowball effect and it can really just really get in your head. But yeah, 100%. I percent it's it's really wild and people of, often forget like it has to go through 10 players before it gets to you so yeah. i don't think it's necessarily your fault yeah. <laughs> i'm not a big like yeah i'm not a big like screamer at my like defenders like i won't really ever like lay into them even if they mess up I, i'm like always the first person that takes responsibility for everything because right. i like i like my players around me feeling good and i know that i've for so long had like a lot of ups and downs that i can handle it so I'll take the blame for – I'm happy to, you know. Um, but the, the snowball point is, is a really good point. And I would urge anybody to watch that Liverpool game to see how Allison, like he messed – so basically he messed up one pass and then they gave him the ball back. Then he gave it away and Man City scored. And then Man City came down again. Liverpool got the ball back. They played it back to him. He played a nervous – pass to his center back his center back played it back to him again and now his mistakes are just boiling yep. up and uh he passed it right to man city again they scored now it's mm-hmm. 3-1 within yeah. like a couple minutes and then the last goal the fourth goal was a shot that you would like normally i mean it was a rocket but allison uh, he's quality and you expect him to save that so it's funny how it like you said, if he could have just put that one behind him, then it's 2-1 and you're, you're still in the game, you know, and you play rock solid the rest of the game and you're still in it, you know, but he let that one mistake turn into two, turn into three, and now, the, you know, it was blown out of the proportion. Because so. yeah, that's, um, de- that's not a deficit in his skill. That is a deficit in the mindset because those are right. easy skills that he knows he can execute. But that right. is literally just goes and to show. And we've seen it. We've seen it so many times. So I can't wait to see him play his next game because I bet you he's going to be amazing. Yeah. I really do. I, I really think that he's going to do so well. And um, and that'll just show like it was just a one-off, you know, and then he just will move past it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I a, you watch. I, I was going to say I have a question. I didn't watch the game. But how was his reactions like? Could you – physically see it was he yelling at the players were his players no he, he he didn't say any yeah oh. he didn't say anything it was like it was just, he just had the face yeah he had the face where it was like you could see his mind going yeah. crazy i've been there mm-hmm. and i will be there yeah yeah again <laughs> no i'll be there i'll be there again <laughs> it's inevitable for everyone though that's what's yeah. if yeah. you accept it as it's it's gonna you can't escape that or hide from it and be great. It's it's impossible. Do we do some? Uh, sure. Oh well. Do we have any questions before we bring rapid fire into it? Oh boy. <laughs> um. So I guess one question I have is: Do you have any tips for other goalies on things that they can do to stand out or to be unique? I feel like part of what you did was playing other sports. I feel like that probably helped shape. Um, the type of keeper you are. I think a lot of girls who are younger feel like they can only play one sport and they have to do that every day. Um, But I think it's so important for players to try and play different sports when they're younger and even when they're older. But is there anything else Um, that you think helps? I'm a huge, huge, like, 
supporter of playing is play play as many sports play multiple sports um i promise that like a full year-round academy doing all soccer training is not going to put you in some elite category that somebody who plays three sports wouldn't be in um if you got it you got it and it'll come it'll show in the future um but for goalkeeping i think the biggest thing is um, a lot of what we learn from is experiences, right? So, ha- like, for me, being late to the game, how could I catch up to people that had more experience than me? And for me, it was watching the game, like studying it from a goalkeeping perspective, right? Like, not just watching the game and taking things for what it is, watching the goalkeeper, seeing where uh, he might be positioned or she might be positioned, um, see how he or she... Um, is playing with the ball out of the back. See how uh, they're just the little clues, like little things like that, write things down. And, uh, you know, I, I watched the EPL thinking to myself, these guys are better than me. How can I get there? Mm-hmm. You know, how can I get better? How can I get into the EPL? How can I um, get my, just be better, you know, in general. So um, watching games like that, uh, helps me to gain experience I'd say and also it's like an exercise rather than just a passive oh, I got my phone out I'm watching the game I'm on my phone I'm watching the game oh there was a goal I missed it what happened um so I, I you can learn a lot from watching games and I'd say that that can can really set somebody apart definitely I feel like it's so di- like Watching the game as a whole is awesome, but as a player to be focusing on your position, you notice so many more things. And like you said, looking totally. at your phone, you're missing so much. So make it like an experience and, and kind of like learn as much as you can. Like you said, like you're a sponge. Like when you soak up all that information, it's going to help you. Yep. Yep. That's a good point. I also, just side note, I said those words today about my nephew. I said, you're being such a sponge because I taught him how to say hi just by saying like hi twice and he learned it and i was like you're, you're such a sponge it's so weird that you said oh my that. gosh I that know. is funny um but anyway okay so we'll dive into the rapid fire questions and like you can take your time to answer that <laughs> but it's rapid fire but, but that's it's, like it's not the fun slow burning we call it a slow burning candle fire <laughs> slow burning candle fire yes. <laughs> all right what's your favorite gloves west coast goalkeeping matt turner pro model Oh. Wow. Oh. We got to see those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are, uh, they are uh, Fairfield red, actually, red and white. There you go. Are those your preferred colors? Yeah, I actually really like, yeah, I really like to have the red, red looks. Yeah. It, it grew like on fans. me. It grew yeah. on me after Fairfield, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. All right, sure. most, most surreal moment of your soccer career? Saving penalty in my national team debut. Yeah. Um, That's a good one. Favorite pump-up song? I have a little, uh, like, mix that one of my friends who likes the DJ on the side made for me. There's a ton <laughs> of different songs on it. Uh, but one of them I'll give is um, the Show Me Love Sam Felt remix. Nice. Do you have a Spotify playlist we can follow? <laughs> I, I don't. I, I need do new music. I'm an I'm an Apple Music guy, but I can I can send you a few over. <laughs> awesome. Do you have any superstitions? 
a lot, um, trying to get away from that a little bit, but, um, it's, uh, left shoe always first, left boot always first, uh, left shin guard, uh, left socks, and then right to left on the gloves. Wow. Yeah, I feel like as a goalkeeper, I'd be very ritualistic too. Yeah, I mean, there's I can go on for days about some of the things I do on match day, but we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> it's so funny how we like think that like why do athletes do this? Like I have no idea. It's like the one it's, thing we can control before the game, I guess. <laughs> it's because it's because like I did it once. Like okay, I saw my left shin guard above my right shin guard once, and then I had a good game, and then I put that put two and two together and like all right i guess it's left shin guard first always love it um favorite pre-game meal i'll do like a little bit of like wheat pasta with some sauce broccoli and chicken nice and simple nothing more than that sounds great post-game treat post-game treat if i was if I had a nice week and I was being nice to my girlfriend, sometimes she gets me Chick-fil-A for after the game. Um, nice. And that's huge. <laughs> but typ- typically, like, at, right after a game, I'm not always extremely hungry. So, like, uh, I like to have a ginger ale. Um, and then from there, I'll, I'll eat. I can try to eat, just get down whatever I can. But it, if there's Chick-fil-A there, I eat it. So that's what actually gets it for me. <laughs> Side note, when you play and you have like, you're in a stadium and you're playing with all these fans, you're, you must be on such a high after every game. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I just miss, like, I remember. I can't, I can't sleep. I, sleep is like, next question. Yeah. yeah. I feel like you guys are all like hopped up after the game. I was like, saying the yeah. adrenaline surges. Yeah. You traumatized your body. Like yeah. you're definitely gonna be exhausted the next day. Okay. Anyway, yeah. sorry. I'll move on. Um, uh, what's your favorite team to watch and favorite player to watch? I like watching uh, Manchester City play. I like watching Ederson slash Zach Steffen. I think they're both really good. Um, and also on that team right now, Phil Foden is a baller, and I like watching him play. Cool. Nice. What's the what's your favorite stadium that you've played in? Uh, that I've played so the the coolest one that I've probably been to in MLS was um, uh, LAFC. That one was really yeah. cool. But I didn't. I was actually on the. I got benched because I wasn't playing well. So I got benched for that game. Um, but that was like a really fun, like cool stadium, loud. Uh, yeah. So probably there. I want to see you in there so bad. What about what's, who's your favorite female player? You know, I love the uh, resurgence of, of like Carly Lloyd's been playing well lately. So she was balling the other day in the in the couple games they played against Columbia. So um, I like seeing her because I know she's been working like real hard and just keeping a really low profile. So I think I think she's a baller. Yeah, she's definitely been building her fire in silence. Like it's mm-hmm. yep. I'm and always I'm like, what is she doing? I'm she's all about like, that. Show everyone what she's doing every day, and you know, like she's doing everything, you know. And I yeah. love that. Yeah. I love that. That's why I said, "Oh, I'm happy that you guys saw me when I was at, at the athletic center." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, I love that. Yeah. Uh, what sport would you play if you weren't a soccer goalie? Uh, baseball. I was a middle infielder in baseball, so somewhere along the way there. No badminton or anything wild like that. No, <laughs> I like ping pong and stuff. I'd be really good at volleyball. 
Yeah, my dad was actually a he played volleyball in college. He was. Oh really? Oh really? He'd jump out of the roof. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> nice nice eye. <laughs> um, worst injury. Dislocated finger. It was just. Let's knock on wood for that as the last. Yeah, we'll knock on wood. That's um, great. Did you, did the ball? I I I knocked on wood and scared and my they thought- <laughs> Stop! Come here. <laughs> I was gonna say, did the ball hit your hand or did you land on it? No, I jumped like so. Somebody took a heavy touch and I dove like kind of at their feet to get it, and he still swung his leg through and he oh. kicked my finger. And so I um, so I uh, I felt like in my glove it felt full. I was like, oh, that's weird. Like I just j- I felt like I jammed it, and then I tried yeah. to like move it, and I was like, mm, it doesn't really move. I took my glove off and the thing was just pointing in all sorts oh, of directions. No. I saw it and I was like, I just, our trainer's name is Evan. I was just, I just, I was like, Evan, <laughs> fix this. <laughs> Evan. I couldn't even look at it. Um, what's your next goal? Your next big dream? Um, love to win MLS cup. You know, obviously stay involved with the national team, but like in the immediate future, 2021 is win, win, win MLS Cup with the Revs. That's where my focus is. And if I win a gold cup along the way, that'd be nice. That would be nice. <laughs> yeah. All right. And final question What is your biggest soccer goalie problem? Because I can imagine you have a my lot biggest, that I can't even. <laughs> my biggest soccer goalie problem is luckily, it used to be smelly hands because of the gloves. Oh, yeah. But now I can switch out my gloves enough that I don't have that problem anymore. Um, grass or turf in the eye. Oh. And sometimes, believe it or not, I'll come home and I'll be like, I'll take a nap. I'll wake up and I'll be like, look in the mirror and my eye, one of my eyes will be like red at like the devil. <laughs> like what's wrong with this thing i'll open it up a little bit it'll be grass or oh turf my God. it's been in my eye now for hours you know since <laughs> training. that's my biggest soccer goalie for sure that's so funny start a new eye drop so funny. <laughs> send them my way <laughs> All right. Well, that's, that's it for today, Matt. Like we're so proud of you. Awesome. We Thank can't you. wait to see like where you go from here and you guys are starting up pretty soon, right? You're, you have preseason starting up, right? Yeah. I'm like less than two weeks now on paper, but they are saying that it could be pushed back a bit, but either way, you know, within the next month for yeah. sure. Well, we'll make sure to stay in touch and good luck with everything. Yeah, we're for so sure. excited you. for you. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me on guys. Thank you so Proud much. Proud of what you guys are doing too, seriously. Thank you. Oh, thank you.